Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanalyst Podcast. Today we're going to be talking Sofia and San Diego and a particularly uh, exciting British story in the US. I'm Marcus Alley and joining me as always is Michael Gillett. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, lots of good British stories coming out of tennis at the moment. We covered uh, two of them last week and, and, as you say, another one coming from this week. So a really good time to be following tennis at the moment um, and, and just hoping this is a sign that things are getting really, really good and exciting for uh, Britain's future. Right then, straight into it. We're going to leave uh, the, the Norrie musings, I think, towards the end of the episode. We're going to take on Sofia first, where Yannick Sinner has retained uh, his, his originally was his first tour title last year when he won Sofia. He's gone on and won it back to back to have retained an ATP tour title at the age of 20. It's pretty impressive. He's 14 in the world. Um, he beat Gael Monfils in the final today, 6-3, 6-4. I don't think a match we expected to him, him to have too many problems with. Monfils came through Jean-Luc Magier and Marcus Giron to make it through to the final as the second seed. Um, Sinner beating Igor Garasimov, James Duckworth and Filip Kjidovic. Um, Not too much to note. I don't, I don't think there were too many surprises in the draw. Um, I know for one, I, I predicted Sinner to beat Monfils in the final. I think probably you, you were probably bang on that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think just a, a good point to may, maybe assess Sinner's year as a whole. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to see any of the match today, but to get it done in, in straight sets after that, of course, the, the pair had an epic in, in the US Open going to five sets. Um, clearly a, a very entertaining uh, sort of matchup. Um, so, yeah, what would you make of Sinner? I think that's that's his third tour title. Could be a, could be even more. Uh, fourth. All right. Michael corrects me. So, yeah, what, 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 what did you make of it? Yeah, um, I, I think really impressive from, from Yannick Sinner. I mean, as you say, it is a tournament that we both predicted right. And I, I think with quite a bit of ease, if you as you read those players out, that both both beat, you wouldn't really have expected uh, either of them to, to lose those matches. But um, some interesting points on Sinner, because I, I was, I feel like I was picking him up a lot at the end of last year, saying that I thought he could have been top 10 by the end of this year. Um, looks like that's not going to be the case um, unless he has some sort of mental end of the year and starts winning Masters titles, which, you know, could happen. Um, but uh, I, I was feeling like he'd had a, a slightly poor year um, in terms of how I'd expected him to do. But actually, just sort of looking back on it um, when doing my prep for this pod, he had a poor sort of... He won um, a title in the first week of the the, um, the tour campaign this year in, in Melbourne, ahead of the Australian Open. And then after that, he, he had a few months where he, he did have some disappointing losses, um, failed to make it far into tournaments uh, on the clay. I think we expected more from him on the clay. It was only really on the French Open, where his uh, fortune sort of turned around a little bit. I think he made the fourth round there and, and went out to... Nadal, which obviously, you know, Nadal's Nadal at the French. Um, he's since won the Washington, the title in Washington, um, and, and now has won this title in Sofia. So actually, I think to, to get his fourth title at the age of 20, really impressive. As you say, back-to-back -back titles, uh, sorry, retaining titles 
at the age of 20, I, I don't, I'm not aware if that's like a record or anything, but I can't imagine too many players have retained titles at the age of 20. It's uh, mightily impressive. Um, and, and Daniel Medvedev, uh, a player that we talk about uh, as, as, of course, we've talked about for a long time as being one of the most promising up and coming players. Of course, he's just won the US Open. So he's the first sort of player outside of the, those big names in a while to, to win a Grand Slam. Um, Daniel Medvedev has, has won, I think, about 13 titles, but he didn't win his first one until he was 21 years old. So Sinner's only 20 and, and has already four up on, on where Medvedev was at this point of his career. Now, I know that might not mean a lot. Um, you know, Sinner's still got a long way to go if he wants to be as good as Medvedev in a few years' time. But um, it's certainly a promising sign to have a fourth title by the age of 20, uh, looking at this match against Monfils, he held uh, throughout the whole match. Um, just really routine for him, to be honest. As the tournament was, he didn't drop a set. Um, pushed to, you know, a couple of tie-break sets in his first couple of matches. But um, nice and straightforward for him. Um, so, yeah, I think in, in terms of Yannick Sinner, it's, it's been a, a, an encouraging, certainly, second half of the year so far. Um, just one quick word on... Gael Monfils, uh, lovely to see him getting to the final. It's his first ATP Tour final in 20 months. Uh, that was when, uh, after he made back-to-back -back finals in, in Montpellier and Rotterdam, which was just before COVID started. And he went on a horrible run as soon as COVID came in and we didn't have fans at matches. So now we're seeing fans back in stadiums. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm not actually sure what the attendances were like in Sofia. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm assuming there were fans. I don't know for certain, but um, yeah, great to see Monfils uh, having a good week as well, back to 18 in the rankings. Yeah, the Italian Sinner now up to 10 in, in the race for the ATP Tour final. So that, not over yet, definitely a lot to play for. Um, still in, in the lead up to that event, despite all four slams being behind us in 2021. Uh, just moving on to a, another player who was in the draw, Lorenzo Massetti lost in the first round to wildcard Dimitar Kuzminov, 28-year-old. Uh, Regular on the Challenger Tour with his ranking at 226 in the world. It was quite a tight affair. Um, Kuzminov coming through 6-7, 7-6, 6-3. Um, it was a bit of a disappointing result. I, I know it's uh, maybe tough to have such high expectations of a player who's only 19 years of age. But in terms of his season as a whole, has, has Musetti delivered up, up to your expectations? For me, there was a lot of promise from his run at Acapulco earlier in the year on a hardcore, um, bit Grigor Dimitrov and a, a couple of other decent players ended up going out to Stefanos Tsitsipas. Um, but he's really not followed through on that for me. Obviously, we know he's going to be decent on the clay courts. Um, had, had that great match against Novak Djokovic, of course. He is only 19, so no time to, to go right in. But has Musetti at 61 in the world now lived up to your expectations this year? I mean, no. Um, certainly not, but I am wondering if maybe we, we held slightly too high expectations at this point. Um, you know, of course, only 19 years old. And I think he, he had a, a good run last year, I believe, in one of the Masters tournaments uh, on clay. You might be able to remember that um, more, better better than I, I, I will. It was sort of post-COVID. Um, and when some of the clay masters have maybe moved, been moved, I can't remember, but, but I, I remember him having a good run last year when he first sort of came onto the scene 
really looking like a force to be reckoned with. Um, he, of course, he, he had the good run at Acapulco. Um, but for me, the, the moment that really stands out is that match against Djokovic. But I, I suppose what you have to remember is, is he won the first two sets off Djokovic. Um, and even though it was a five-set match, you have to remember how actually easily Djokovic dispatched of him from there. I know Djokovic went on and won the next three sets. And I, I can't remember what the, the scoreline was, but he completely demolished him. Um, in, in those last three sets of, of the French Open uh, match. So I, I, I wonder if maybe um, I've just had higher expectations of him because of these moments. That's not to say that he's not going to go on and be a future Grand Slam winner or, or anything because, you know, he, he might do. But, um, I, yeah, I, I just think maybe we, we've overplayed him a little bit at this, this young age because of that loss to Kuzminov. You say he's a regular on the Challenger Tour. I think he's also a, a regular on the Futures Tour, really, Kuzminov. He's definitely towards that end of the Challenger Tour rather than sort of Challenger bordering 250 regular. Um, so I'm not a player I really know anything about. So, uh, yeah, definitely a, a disappointing loss. But um, well done to Kuzminov for, for getting what is presumably the best win of his career uh, in, in front of his his home fans with question mark as, as if fans were there or not. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, definitely right to, to, to heap the praise on, on the Bulgarian there. I think that can takes us to the end of our little recap of Sofia there. Obviously a great week for Yannick Sinner. He, he continues his, his meteoric rise. I think another thing on Sinner, is just a bit of a breath of fresh air. I think a lot of these up-and-coming players or players that are in the top 10 at the moment that are, that are yet to win Grand Slams, the likes of Tsitsipas and Zverev and, and Rublev, they're very power-based, you know, maybe Felix or Jalissi would be another player you can throw into that category where Sinner feels like he doesn't rely on his physical attributes maybe as, as much as those players, not as big as a as a server of the likes of Tsitsipas or Zverev or Felix. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting blend. It's going to be really interesting to to track his po- progress over the next year or so. Hopefully, he can he can make it close in terms of trying to make that ATP Tour Finals at the end of the year. But to move on to San Diego, we're going to be previewing the final because it's not taken place yet. Um, bit of a bit of a dragged out one. Nori and Nori and Kasparud could experience a bit of a hangover going into into Indian Wells. But that is the final. We've got Cameron Norrie, the Brit, against Kasper Ruud, the Norwegian player. In what I would take a guess is his first uh, ATP Tour final on a hard court. Um, the 22-year-old is number 10 in the world. He's, he's had an awesome year, but mainly on the clay course, but has shown with some excellent wins this week over Andy Murray, Lorenzo Sonego, and Grigor Dimitrov, who we all know on his day is a very, very tricky customer has been able to to make the final and and show us that he is coming of age at 22 and he is going to be able to to sustain his ranking because he, he can uh, have success on the hard courts. On to his opponent, Cameron Norrie. He's beaten Dominic Kurtfer, Dan Evans, Denis Shapovalov and Andre Rublev yesterday. To be honest, if he lost to Kurtfer or Evans, I would have thought, fair enough, you've had a great year, Norrie. Um, you might be a bit tired. But to go on and beat all four players is really outstanding. Uh, 14 in the race now, in, in the, the year-to-date rankings. Um, he's going to go up to at least 26 in the world rankings next week. It'll be higher, depending on how he gets on this evening. What have you made of it? Cameron Norrie is having the year of his life. 
Yeah, just very quickly, uh, just to correct myself a couple of times, it, it looks like there were actually no crowds uh, in, in Sofia. I'm, I'm only going off Sienna said in his interview, hopefully there will be some crowds again, which helped me a lot last year. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this year there weren't crowds. Uh, so even bigger praise to Monfils for uh, making the final without anyone watching. Um, Cam Norrie, yeah, what, what a year he's, he's having. Uh, it surprised us so much on, on the clay especially earlier this year and, and he's just sort of I mean I know we assumed he was a better hardcore player before we had that brilliant clay court run anyway and and he's carried that form onto the hard court so really really impressive form this week um you know Kurtfer of course is, is a decent win but then to go and beat Dan Evans Dennis Shapovalov as easily as he did 6-3-6-1 uh, and Andre Rublev, who thrives at this level of tournament, I think we both quite comfortably put him to win the tournament. Um, really, really good stuff from Nori. You are right in saying it's Kasparud's first final um, on a hard court. He's been in seven finals, um, but all on clay courts on, on the tour. So good to see him getting to a hard court. But for me, even though he's second in the world, uh, second season and 10 in the world, uh, I, I feel like Nori has to be favourite for this match. I think he's just a stronger hardcore player. His record in finals is is not brilliant. He's, he's one win and, and four defeats, three of which have, have come this year, in, including Queens. But a win, a win tonight. Uh, he could go 12th in the race for the the end of tour finals, uh, not 0-2 in Turin. Um, so, you know, it, it's still a little way off, but we think it's going to drop down to nine because the Dow's going to be injured. So, um yeah, but really, really good to see from Cam Norrie. Um, and yeah, Kasparud is, is ninth in the race. So it's he, I think he said that he really needs the points um, to, to solidify his place in there. So he'll be, be feeling the pressure tonight. But uh, it's one I expect Cam Norrie to, to win his straight sets, to be honest. And, and that is just a testament to, to how much of a, a great year he's having. Um, he is... Not what I was really expecting to be saying this before the year, but I'm I'm can confidently say now that I think he's going to be a, a second top ten player in the same week, which I assume might be the first time he's he's done that in his career. Uh, beat two top ten players in in a week, maybe, maybe not, but um, you know he can't have done it many times. So it's uh, very impressive from from the Brit. Yeah, I think I'm going to differ from your prediction a tiny bit, but go for Norrie in three sets. I think Rude is is playing some fantastic stuff. Uh, this week, some of his the points he put together against a player who's a, as determined as, as Andy Murray were quite eye catching. Um, it does put a lot of spin on the ball. He's a little bit like, well, obviously, he's going to love this comparison, but a little bit like Rafa Nadal in that way that yeah, I think he does spin the ball a lot more than a lot of other players. So it gives you something different to contend with and is interesting to, to watch and, and, and see how he fares um, moving forward. Just one other player to mention in San Diego, and that's Aslan Karatsev. He got a win over Uber Urkacz, who won a tournament last week. I think it was in Mets. Um, so maybe not as much of an impressive win because Urkacz coming off the back of a busy week, but still an important win for the Russian nonetheless. Um, he's up to 12 in the race to the ATP Tour Finals as a result, which for me, I, I, I'm shocked after the second half of the year that he's had, that he's still that high. It just shows how incredible uh, his rise was at the start of the year, obviously being outside of the top 100 going into the Australian Open. 
outside shot at, at making the ATP Tour finals. You're going to have to win a lot of matches, um, possibly even win Indian Wells or, or go very deep in it. But he's captured the imagination this year. Can he? Can he do it again? I, I think he was outside the top two hundred uh, going into Australian Open this year. I'd, I'd have to check that, but I'd, I want to say he was way out of the. Two, I think he was about two hundred and forty something. Um, so yeah, insane from Karatsev. I, I think if Norrie does win tonight, Norrie will will go twelve, which I assume will push Karatsev down to thirteen. Although that actually wouldn't have been adding on his points from this week, so I'm I'm not sure on that without looking at it in in front of me. But yeah, I I think really impressive to to see him still maintaining uh, the form. I, you know, I think his form did go off a little bit somewhere in between in this year. I feel like he went a little bit quiet, but um, that win against Herkash is is a, a really good win. And, and a player that um, I wanted to highlight also this week, um, the player who who knocked um, uh, Karatsev out was, was Grigor Dimitrov. I think you mentioned last week, uh, it was interesting he wasn't playing Sofia uh, with it being his, his home tournament in Bulgaria. I, I think... Dimitrov lives out in the States, so which is probably why he, he opted for San Diego. But um, I, I think it was a really good week for Dimitrov as well with wins over Fusevitz and Ankarat said both really good wins there for, for Dimitrov and, and to get a set off of Kasper Um, You know, he could easily be a finalist uh, against Norrie. And I, I know form with Grigor Dimitrov is never really something you want to pay too much attention to with all the injury problems he's had and, and, and sometimes can... Just, uh, just, just sort of let us down a little bit with, with his efforts. But um, yeah, two really good weeks. Uh, well, really good weeks for for both Dimitrov and and Karatsev, um, in in San Diego. So yeah, but um, yeah, the the, the main point that you make, Karatsev, uh, still challenging for uh, a place in Turin. I think he's a he's a big outside shot. I, I don't see him getting there. I, I'd see probably Cam Norrie slightly more likely um if he wins tonight that is um but they're both they're both long shots but for me at the moment uh, even with it dropping down to, to nine yeah fair enough uh, it's sure to be a very entertaining match i think in san diego too very easy on the eye players a left-hander in cab Norrie against casper Rude. um i will not be staying up for it sadly midnight uk time um, but I look forward to, to having a look at the highlights and, and finding out who has won probably in the morning. Um, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Bit of a short one this week, but we do have Indian Wells on the horizon. So we'll definitely uh, have some kind of content to do with that coming in the near future. Um, hopefully that the schedules allow for it. Uh, thanks for joining me, Michael. Thank you very much. Sorry about the, the delay there. I was just uh, looking at the live race to, to London rankings, seeing that the, the top four have uh, automatically qualified. Andre Rublev is actually yet to to, to qualify, uh, but I'm assuming he's very close to it. Um, yeah, just sort of looking looking down that, thinking who might go in and out, knowing that obviously Nadal's going to drop out, presumably. Anyway, though, we are ending the episode, so I'll leave that alone. Um, thank you very much for listening guys and uh, see you next week